0: Maybe one day I'll go up and be a man and have some meat on my bones and I won't be cold. But, uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen or not. We're uh, looking forward to warmer weather just around the bend and uh, surely springtime won't be just around the corner. I, I, uh, we left the house, we had the wood stove going. And, uh, it's toasty, seventy-six degrees at my house, and Gretchen said, "Honey, it's too hot." And I said, "Oh, that's just right." <laughs> <laughs> we're glad you came here tonight to come uh, one more night of revival, brave the cold weather, and uh, we appreciate you we appreciate the good spirit of the Lord that's been meeting with us and the good service we had last night. I want to say this before we get into the message. Uh, I'm just going to be completely bluntly honest. I didn't know what I was getting into when I came down here. I'm a Baptist preacher uh, in a non-denominational church, and I told my wife last night. I said, "I'm glad I came to peace. I'm thankful God has sent me down here." And uh, you know, I love you. I love all of God's people. I want to say thank you for inviting me to come. It's been a thrill and an honor just for me to be here. And uh, I trust you'll pray for us one more service uh, here tonight. Uh, I want to open our Bibles now uh, to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. I have a uh, thought that I feel that God has put on my heart to share with you. Um, uh, today as I was reading I, I and praying, I kind of struggled with the direction that felt like I needed to go, and, uh, and I was sitting in my, at my desk in my study, and I was reading, and I had my uh, study upstairs in, uh, uh, in our home, and I uh, have my little library of books there and I, that I have to pick from. I've got my Bibles. I've got everything that I need, and only a preacher maybe or a teacher could identify with this, but sometimes you just seem to hit a brick wall. When it comes finding the direction that God wants you to go for a message and for service. As I was reading and thumbing through my Bible, a thought just popped in my mind, just all of a sudden. And I thought, well, I'll just start digging and start, start finding. And little by little, God started giving me thoughts and a message to preach here tonight. And I want to share with you tonight this message that God gave me in my study today. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2, the Bible says this, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Underlined in my Bible, the Spirit of God moved. Our Father in heaven, we come before you one more time, thanking you, God, for the privilege and opportunity to call on the blessed name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for being our Savior, for dying for our sins and being so good to us, even when we don't deserve it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us in the balance of this service, that you'd let us preach with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God in heaven, we need you. And if you don't come by and bless us, God, it's all in vain. And I pray your glory and your power, Lord, would be poured out on us here tonight. Lord, I believe like the preacher said, it's where two or three are gathered together in your name. Lord, you said you'd be in the midst. And God, we depend on you. We believe you and we trust you and we thank you for what you've done and now for what you're going to do. We're going to thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I find in my Bible as we read the book of beginnings, we find that uh, the earth is given, we're given a picture of the earth and what it looked like before the day uh, that the Lord moved on the earth. I don't have time tonight to go into the depth and the complexity of Genesis chapter 1 between verse 1 and verse number 2 and, and how that God created the earth and in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And, and did you ever notice in verse number 1 he just says heaven? He doesn't say heavens. There's three heavens. Did you know that?
1: There's the heavens
0: where uh, the Lord is, where uh, the God's throne is. Then there's the planetary heavens, the second heaven. Where the moon the sun the stars uh, are at and then there's the third heaven where the birds fly the clouds are at uh, but you notice in genesis chapter number one the bible says in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth yes. then it tells us in verse number two it gives the uh, the idea, the picture, if you'll have it, if we'll paint it for you right, of how the earth was. Uh, it was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And uh, somewhere between Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, and verse number 2, something had taken place there that the Bible does not tell us about. Uh, we do not find what uh, exactly took place but somewhere something took place and sin entered the universe. You'll notice in verse number 2 as well that the earth was without form and void. I'm repeating myself because I'm painting a picture picture to you tonight of how the earth was as the Spirit of God moved. You'll use your imagination for just a minute. You take the earth as it's around a ball that's sitting in uh, the heavens today. In the second heaven, the earth was sitting there without any form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. As we know, the earth now, as of right now, the planet earth is a warm planet as the sun's rays shine on this planet. You know, God strategically put the sun the exact amount of distance away from earth so that it would not burn the earth up. But if it was one uh, uh, just a little bit further away from the sun, we would freeze to death. If it was a little bit closer to the sun, we would all burn up. But I want you to understand this, that God took the heavens and took the earth and hung and put it in the heavens and it spins because God says it spins. God set it in motion. Someone said this. <laughs> that, uh, no, I believe that God uh, created the heavens and the earth. I believe that, don't you tonight? Uh, someone else said this, but I also believe that man's in charge of this earth. No, sir. I don't believe that one bit. God is in charge of this earth. Do you realize that tonight? Uh, the government is not in charge of the earth. Uh, this green movement that we see today, listen, I believe in taking care of God's earth that we give us. He's given us. We should not trash it. We should not uh, abuse it. We should take care of it. If you're going to be a farmer, I think we ought to do good farming practices. All right? But I want to say this today. This earth as we know it right now is getting getting prepared uh, to change sooner than later. This earth right now is without form and void. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. But you'll notice that the earth was in this uh, watery ground not penetrate deep enough into the earth. The moon couldn't be seen standing on planet earth. There was no life. There was no force living and breathing amongst the earth. But one day God's spirit moon You ever notice this friends? Uh, That in the acts of God creating the earth, Jesus created the earth as we know it now. In Genesis chapter 1 or chapter number 4, we find the word creation there uh, being brought to pass. God in heaven has created the earth as we know it. But you want want to understand something well today? The Holy Spirit of God, that fateful day, whatever day that was, God's Holy Spirit in heaven, I was dispatched from the portals of glory and came down to this, uh, to this uh, watery grave of an earth. And the Spirit of God moved, and like electricity, and broke up uh, the waters of the deep. And I want to say, God's Spirit moved in the beginning. God's Spirit moved when the earth was without form and void. And I want you to understand this today that God. By no accident here this week, that God's, I feel heaven right now just talking to you. I want to say this, God's Spirit, when it is moved, He moves among us. Uh, listen, I want to be careful what I say. God's Spirit is not an it. God's Spirit is not just some figment of our imagination. He's the third person of the Trinity. He has a job. Someone said this. He said, uh, I can't understand the, uh, what, the, uh, what the Trinity means, or I can't understand it in my finite mind. And listen, we'll beat ourselves up trying to understand there's one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost, and these three in one, but each one has a specific purpose and a job. I don't understand. The old preacher said this. He said, I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to sit in the dark and try to figure it out either. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Don't you understand this today? The purpose of the Spirit of God was to break up the darkness of the deepness that was on planet earth at this time. When God's Spirit moves, He doesn't move just, just because of, of there's a purpose, an agenda, a something He wants done as He begins to move. Oh, dear Christian, can Go back in your memory and remember when God's Holy Spirit moved on the darkness of your soul. You remember an old preacher maybe stood up and preached and they preached the Bible to you and that broken heart that heart that was full of sin unbelief even and God's Spirit was dispatched from glory and He came down to to your place where you were at the pew you were at maybe the home you were at friend. but He moved on the darkness of your soul and the Spirit of God like electricity moved in your heart and showed you that you were lost and undone and He didn't do that just because He did it because you have a purpose in your life. When God's Spirit moves in us, He wants us to do something, amen. He wants us to come on the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. And by the way, God's Spirit always leads men with From, there, from Genesis chapter number one Let me give you an example. Samson was a man that had the Spirit of God, did he not? He was a man with great strength, a man with great power. And his strength was in his faith and his hair that God had given him. And you remember that fateful day he laid down on Delilah's lap? They cut his hair off or she did. And it said the Spirit of God was gone from him. But thank God in this day of the new covenant, the New Testament, God's Spirit dwells with man he doesn't just come in and dwell us for a while and then leave. No, sir. He lives when we get saved. His Holy Spirit takes up His abode in the heart of the believer. Does it mean you've got to be a holiness man to uh, I be saved? No, sir. I, does it mean you've got to be a Baptist man? No, sir. When we call out the name of Jesus Christ, He. Inside of me, thank God. Everywhere I go, God goes. Every, everything I see, God sees. Everything I hear, God hears. I'm okay. To be a man of God, and he said, I'm gonna save that little fella, I'm gonna let him preach the gospel all the days of his life. About who did it? The Spirit of God did it. Amen. I want you to understand this today. God's spirit is not dead, he's not in the grave somewhere. God's spirit's alive. John chapter number 16.
1: You'll notice
0: there that the, uh, the great man of God, John, that he was, he wrote about the words of Jesus before he would go to Calvary. you notice this about John. He tells us what Jesus said in verse number 7 of chapter 16. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, talking about the Spirit of God, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he has come, he'll reprove the world of sin. There's three things that he does. He's going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That is the working of the Spirit of God in today's society. You know why? Well, right now that the world is against Bible preaching because the Spirit of God is connected to this book and that Spirit that connects to this book as the Word goes out, it convicts them and shows the world their sin. Well, the Holy Spirit of God tells us uh, he, he does not uh, He doesn't come to us to make us feel bad because He's being a bully. He's coming to our heart today uh, to show us where we are at between us and God. And here's what God's Holy Spirit did the day or night when He saved you. God's Holy Spirit shone the light of the gospel in your dark soul. It was without form and. Voice. But friend, when God shined the light in there and you looked at your own heart, you saw that you're just a sinner as all you are. And that's the job of the Spirit here's what Jesus said there John chapter 3 verse number 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life then verse 17 for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved Jesus Christ not one time uh, did he condemn anybody not one time did he walk to the streets of Jerusalem and say you're not fit for heaven I, I not one time did he go to a sinner or a publican, or like Zacchaeus and he was and say, you're not fit to be part of the kingdom of God. Not one time did he do it, but he dedicated this child of condemnation of sin unto his Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of God shines in the heart of the unbeliever, he shows us our sin and we feel condemnation when the Spirit of God moves on us. But they feel condemned. A pouring out of the Spirit of God. He said, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God... and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I believe right now we're at the threshold. Listen to the church. We are at the threshold of a church-wide revival. If people will get in contact with the Spirit of God, get to sit out. In the church. Oh I wouldn't trade the spirit of God moving. For all the money in the world. I believe this That God's spirit moved on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter number two. And I know that Pentecost today is. uh, In the past. But we can still have the Pentecostal power. That they have. How was it there on the day of Pentecost? First of all, you'll notice in Acts chapter, chapter number two, you notice the power that they had. It came in verse number two, it came suddenly. Are you listening tonight? When the Spirit of God moves, it comes suddenly, instantly. And then you'll notice as well how it came. The Spirit of God came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind in verse number three and uh, as they were all sitting in the house now get the picture now here's all of these men and women sitting in the upper room waiting for the promise of the the spirit of God and suddenly all of a sudden God moves on the scene just a handful of people there God moves and suddenly he's there in a mighty rushing wind And, and I want to say this today God moves in ways that we can't understand and I don't think we should understand it all when we get to heaven. I believe this when God moves, everybody will be on the same page. There will not be any disagreement here. There'll not be any disagreement over there. When God's Spirit moves, everybody's in agreement. And they see the moving of God. They want God here, they want God there. And they're all in together in one mind and in one accord. Amen. Amen. Okay, we need that in our churches more than ever. Oh, I've had enough of church fightings, man. I've had enough of preacher being against preacher. I've had enough of church being against church on a field feel fill me up to my eyeballs. Amen with it. I'm sick of church people not getting along and getting getting along in anything in the house of God. But you know what onemity that listen to me, church, is a good move of God when the Spirit of God gets in a church and in the moving of the Spirit of God. All those things that you used to think I will separate you. God separates it, takes it away from you, and makes you love everybody. The old song says, makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. And when we get the move of God on us, we'll love the word of We'll love the preacher. Someone said, I don't like that preacher down there. He gets on my nerves. The old preacher said, Well, they can learn to like it if they'll get right with God. Amen. <laughs> Are you listening today? What? The Spirit of God moves. What? You'll notice this at Pentecost, they they begin to speak with tongues of fire. Oh, I'd like to have a tongue of fire, wouldn't you? I'm talking about the kind that honors God you know we've got the idea today that when we speak that we think everybody needs to hear us and everybody go pay attention to me no sir we need to pay attention to the spirit of God you notice this and I'm hurrying I'm coming to a close you'll notice this that the spirit of God has an agenda for the church he says that we're to come. In Revelation chapter number 22, verse 17, he says this, the last chapter of the Bible says, "In the Spirit and the bride say come. You know, right now, the church has a job because the Spirit's in her. We're to invite the sinner to come to Jesus. You ever wonder about why there's nobody coming to our churches these days? You ever wonder why they're not coming? Because we're not going. Exactly. Go we're not going and telling them about the spirit of God moving them down here in Winds of Peace. You know what he said on the Great Commission? He said, go ye. Yeah. <laughs> go ye. I have great admiration for people. And preachers that'll be missionary minded and get out to the highways and byways and go and work with the Spirit of God and say, Come. You remember that day, dear Christian, when the Spirit of God came your way and He said, I want you to come to Jesus. Oh, man, I remember that day so well. I remember how God's Spirit broke my heart. And He said, Come. And it's still the same today. You know God is the same today? Yes, He is. As He ever has been. He's not changed one bit. It's not that God wants to change. It's that God cannot change. He's not changing. And right now, listen to me, guys. Are you listening tonight? If you're listening, say amen. 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 I want you to understand something about the Spirit of God. He has not changed one bit bringing people to Jesus. Not one bit has he changed. His job according to Jesus is this. That he'll glorify the Son. Did you know that? These churches and preachers and churches out here today. That say look what we've done. Look what I've done. They've missed the mark. The Spirit of God always points to who? Jesus. Always does. Not one. Say, look what I've done. Look what I'm doing. Look what the, all the working souls I have done. Not one time when you do that. He always wants to Calvary Why? and wants to Jesus. <laughs> Dr. Angel Rogers, pastor Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee for many, many years. He said this, he was a football player when he first started preaching as a teenager. He went to college and played college football as a preacher and got his um, I got his, uh, uh, got his papers of learning how to preach in college. He got his education. He said he fell out one night in the, uh, on the 50-yard line. All the lights were off. Nobody was there. Brother Tommy he said he's doing business with God in prayer, walking up and down the football field. got on the 50-yard line. He bowed his face before God, and he said, "I." he didn't just get on his knees. He said he laid flat down on his belly, his face on the 50. He said he was so on fire for God. He said oh, he wanted the move of God in his life. He said that he got down and he prayed with bitter tears. He said, "God, I need your presence. God, I need your glory. I need your power." He said he looked up to heaven, took his eyes and pulled up to heaven. According to ancient, he said this. He said, "God, all I want to do is give Jesus glory." He said, all of a sudden, there was a voice that he'd heard so many times before. He said, that's all I want to do to you. The Spirit of God said, I want to do the same. I want to use you to testify of Jesus. I want to say this today. Any church that has the doors open, the first agenda of the service is to testify that Jesus is King. Do you fight? Do you rebel? And here's what the devil would say. He'll say, just wait. He won't tell you not to go. <coughs> Look up here. He'll say, just wait. He is a principal procrastinator. He'll take your mind off the principles of the cross and tell you just to wait and do it until another time. I share this with you, and I'm done. Many years ago, we were at the Wahoo Baptist Church, and there was a man there. The church had been praying for him for many, many years. I'm talking about they prayed for him for 20, 30 years. He's a lost man. His son led the choir. Family was good people, but they couldn't get their daddy to church for nothing. He had cows, had a farm, had a dairy, and all he lived for was working and having cattle. One night in revival, nobody was expecting him, but they'd been praying for him, and God had heard the prayers of the saints of the past, and that man came to church in revival. God is my witness on record, I saw it with my own eyes. He sat about almost three rows, four rows to the back on that side of the church. As Soon as he walked in, everybody got real humble and started praying for this man. Preacher got up and preached, Brother Terry Head was preaching. I'm telling you, Terry Head shelled the corn that night. When he preached, he meant business. Because he knew what was at stake. And I'm telling you. If I've ever felt the move of God. It was that night. I was a young preacher. And that man came to the service. And he wiped tears from his eyes. All service long. Never had he had a testimony. Of ever being saved. He liked to drink a little. But he'd rather have his liquor. Than he would uh, have Jesus. And the man uh, got up to give invitation. The preacher Terry did. And he got up and gave an invitation. And everybody, just like the whole church, hit the altar on behalf of that man. Tommy, I saw it. We all gathered in the altar. And I stood up just to see if, if that man was coming. I thought, he's going to come. He's, God, he's got to come. He's going to move. Please, God, let him move. And he was sitting in the altar, and he was standing there in the pew, and he was grabbing grabbing the pew in front of him, and he took one move to the right, and he stepped out, and I, oh, my soul dropped, and I said, God, he's coming. And before I could say another word to God, and he didn't move forward, he ran out of the back of the church, just like he was running away. I'm not talking about walking, he ran. Some of his friends of the, uh, of the church were in tears, and they chased him outside. Please, please come back. Please come get saved. Please, this can be your last opportunity. God is moving on me. The old man said, he said, I'll do it another day. They said that, that his testimony was this. His buddies was outside. saying, said, do you feel God moving on you right now? He said, yes. He said, but I'll do it another day. Out and he never came back. I think it was three days later I got a phone call. That man had a massive heart attack driving down the road and centered a tree and snapped his neck instantly. Someone said, How did he die? He died a lost man. If he didn't get saved between the the accident, he died a lost man. Do not ever never spurn the opportunity when God's spirit is moving. That's right. The most sensitive person here tonight is not me. It's the spirit of God. And if he's moving on your heart tonight, my advice to you tonight is come to Jesus. Come to him. He's your hope. He's your stay. He's the only one who sets your feet on solid rock. I'm not talking about something I don't know about. I'm telling you, when the dark nights come, no one understands, not Jesus does. He knows. When your friends forsake you, your family forsakes you, you think no one knows how you feel. Jesus knows. In fact, he's my best friend that I've ever had. I can talk to him any time of the day or night. He's not forsaken me one time. I promise you right now, He'll not forsake you if you'll just come to Jesus. As we stand here tonight, as we stand all over the house and we come to (coughs) Now, is the Spirit of God moving on you tonight? Maybe you're a young child, maybe you're older, and God's Holy Spirit is moving in your soul. And He said, come to Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, "Come! I'm calling right now." This preacher is going to stand and give an invitation. He's going to say, "Come, come to Jesus." But listen, you may spurn me, and you may spurn the preacher, but better not spurn the Spirit of God. Would you come to us?